So for the third week in a row now, we've had these stories of call and conversion. Two weeks ago, we heard about the Epiphany, those wise men from the East who saw the star and motivated to leave their comfort zone to follow that star in their search for the King of the Jews. Last week, we had the, the story of the calling of Samuel. For the young man who had not yet encountered the Lord came to know his voice. The gospel last week, we had the encounter of Andrew and John. As John the Baptist pointed out to them, the Lamb of God, they left and followed him and brought along Simon with them. Today, again, our first reading, the, that great story of Jonah, that famous story that we're all familiar with, the Jonah and the whale. And then once again, the calling of the first disciples. But for three weeks now, these calls to conversion, of leaving what's comfortable, what's familiar, what's known, to go to something else. I don't know what the Lord is saying to us, but when we have these themes that are repeated, it's worth taking the time to pray and to meditate. Where's the Lord calling me? What comfort zone, what familiar place am I settled in that the Lord might be motivating me to move out of? There's something more. This great story of Jonah that we had in the first reading, we only get one part of one chapter. It's only four chapters. It's like two pages long in your Bible. It's a great story. Holding such depth and theological significance and salvific significance for us. Our passage today began with the Lord's call to, to Jonah to go to Nineveh. But if you go to chapter 3, it says the Lord called to him a second time. We don't get the first call. Because Jonah had already heard God's voice. He had already received the invitation to go to the Ninevites to preach repentance. And his response was a flat out, no, I'm not going. He went the actual complete opposite way. He went to this city of Tarshish, which they tell us is this furthest away that you, he could have gone. And why? Why did he say no? Because he hated the Ninevites. He did not want them to experience God's mercy. This story is given to us about a hundred years after the Assyrians, a warring tribe from the north that came in and conquered the northern tribes and decimated them, destroyed their temples, destroyed their land, brought in idols and false gods and constructed idol, uh, idol temples and brought so many people into exile. It was on a murderous rampage. And it's to this city, to these people, where God says, go and show my mercy. 
It's understandable why he would say no. And maybe that's the call the Lord is inviting you to this morning. I mean, maybe your whole land and tribe and family have not been murdered. But maybe there's some unforgiveness in your heart. Maybe there's some people in your life that you don't care if they ever come to know the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. You don't care if they go to hell. And there may be a person or two in your life that you've told them that a time or two. Think about that person. And this is what Jonah was invited to. And so he went the complete opposite way. He found a boat, got on the boat, and was sailing across the sea. And a violent storm came. And the men on the boat were like, what's going on? Something must be happening. And so then they discovered Jonah asleep in the bottom of the boat. And they realized that he was running away from his Lord. Because they too were pagans. They too were unknown and did not know the, the, new, the true God of Israel. But they said, you got to go. If you don't leave, we're all going to die. They eventually threw him over their side to save their own lives. But in doing so, they were converted. So then the big fish comes. And for three days, Jonah's in the belly of this whale, of this, three, of this great fish. Then he spit on the shore. And then we pick up where we had today. I guess after that experience in the belly of the whale, Jonah realized that God was serious. But that experience in the belly of the whale is what Jesus says is the only sign that those wicked people of the Pharisees would ever receive. That just as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man. And so it's this sign of new life, of resurrection. Jonah had to die to his ideas to his dreams, to his vision of how life should be and be resurrected into the new vision of Jesus or of God. So then he goes and says, okay, I'll give you a message. We hear it's a large city. It's a three days journey through the city. He goes a day's journey and says, repent in 40 days, you're going to die. Not the enthusiastic message of the good news. Maybe some of you have had to tell one of your children to go apologize to another child and they reluctantly go, I'm sorry, and then kind of walk away. Okay, yeah, they gave the message, but did they really give the message? Because Jonah did not want them to repent. Even though he was giving the message, he did not want them to repent. And so he gave the message and he left away hoping that they wouldn't repent so he could see them destroyed. But they repented. Everyone From the king down to the animals wore sackcloth and ashes and repented and came to faith in the one true God of Israel. And Jonah was still mad. He told God, well, since you saved them, kill me. I don't want to live if they're going to be saved. The hardness, the obstinacy that can creep into our hearts because we feel like we've been wronged or we feel like our way is not being done. And we cling to what we think should happen. And in turn, we separate ourselves from the one true God. This is the story that Jonah brings to life. 
So again, where is the Lord calling you out of your comfort zone? What are you clinging to? What are you holding on to that gives your life meaning and purpose that might not be what God is asking of you? In our gospel today, we have Jesus coming on the scene. This is his inaugural speech in Mark's gospel. If we recall from last week, it was his first words in John's gospel when he said, what are you looking for? Come and you will see. And they stayed with him. And then they went to introduce Simon to this man, the Messiah. And so this is where we pick up today. And once Jesus had heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he knew it was go time for him. So he began to preach. The time has been fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent. The very same message that Jonah preached. Repentance. Repentance means to change your mind in a true radical way that your whole life is now different. Not that we just learn a new concept in a book that we read, but because we learned a new concept that my life must change. I can no longer be heading to Tarshish. I must go to Nineveh. I can't plot my own course. I must be led by the Lord. The time for fulfillment is now. St. Paul said in the second reading, the time is near. All this is passing away. It's time. Let's go. The kingdom of God is at hand. This worldview, this reality in which we're brought into through the waters of baptism changes everything. So have you allowed this mind of God, the mind of Christ, the mind of the church to permeate your entire life and to change your worldview? Are you still clinging to what was comfortable and easy and you're finding a way to put Jesus into that? Just like the wise men and and Samuel and Jonah and the disciples and every saint that's come along since then, Christ is calling us to a radical conversion. And so when he saw Andrew and Simon and James and John, he simply said, follow me. And they dropped everything immediately and followed Jesus. We're going to hear that word a lot this year in Mark's gospel. Even though it was left out of the translation today, immediately is a favorite word of St. Mark. It shows us the energy that we should have as we hear God's word proclaimed to us. As the living word, active word of God is is brought forth to us. That the reality of what took place hundreds and thousands of years ago is a reality for us. And it requires the same response as God demanded of them back then. These men dropped their nets. They dropped everything and left to follow Jesus. It was a grave sin to abandon one's parents in the time of Jesus. I mean, it is today as well, but specifically, unless these men were following a higher call of the Lord. And this is why they could so easily and so immediately follow Jesus, because they knew that he was the Lord. So, As we come to know Jesus this year through Mark's gospel, as we come to know who and how he is, and we get to know his voice, we should be just as prepared to leave everything behind as they were. And depending on your state in life, 
It's going to look differently. But the reality is the same. Nothing else but God in your life. And you're willing to leave everything behind for him. Whether this is your first day in church or you've been here every day for the last 50 years, God's calling to you, calling you to something new this morning. So what is it that you're clinging to? What are your fishing nets, the way of life that makes your life easy and possible, that puts food on your table and lights and heat in your house? What are those things that you think you can't live without? What are the past sins and the shame that you're clinging to? What are the wounds? Who are the people that you can't stand? What worldview have you adopted? Are you so excited because this is an election cycle year and we get to have all that political nonsense? Are you all amped up because it's getting to the end of the football season and your team might make it all the way this year? Are you so in tune to the market? Are you glued to the talking heads? What worldview is the Lord inviting you to step away from? to follow him in a real and radical way? In what areas of your life are you like Jonah, where you've clearly heard God's call and you say no? Maybe about 16, 17 years ago, as I had had a radical conversion and was seriously thinking, realizing God was calling me to the priesthood, but waffling a little bit in my decision. Do I want to get married? Do I want to be a priest? What's God doing in my life? At Assumption Parish one day after Mass, I was talking with a friend in a parking lot, and this lady that I knew, Miss May, came by, and she knew me. She knew my story. She knew what was going on in my life. And she simply said, David, don't be a Jonah, and walked away. The Lord is calling you. The Lord is inviting you to a radically new way of life, which might mean a radical change in your physical state or in your mind, in your emotions, in your devotions, and where you go and how you spend your money. The Lord's calling you to a radically new way of life. Don't be a Jonah.